When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi everyone, hope you all had a great Christmas, it's Gigpod episode 208 and we're going to very briefly talk about the wins over Livingston and Dundee in the last few days before focusing on Rangers for what will be a preview to Saturday's game. So joining myself, Stevie, for this one is Rizzo, who I believe had a questionable Christmas with yet another disgusting dinner and thought-provoking presence, although... John, did get a nice gift from me, so it must have been brilliant for you in the end. Yes, uh, hello everybody, Merry Christmas to all our listeners, and hello Stevie, Merry Christmas to you. Yes, you did get me a, a Frank Miller Sin City comic, which I didn't have, which uh, I will read when I get around to reading the other comics. I go, yes, I'm a very mature man that got comic books for Christmas. But uh, yes, I hope everybody had uh, a great time at Christmas, and they're all knackered after drinking too much and eating too much, just like my fabulous uh, vegan Christmas dinner, which was... A sensation. I have this yearly tradition with you, John, where I do like to, uh, no pun intended here, roast you for your Christmas dinner. It's always terrible looking, but I know that's because you are a vegetarian. It's not a gimmick, you genuinely are a shoot vegetarian, and instead of going with the traditional options like turkey and ham and beef, you go with, what was that again you had? It was a mushroom wellington, and it was fantastic. <laughs> It was great, only at half it because I thought it was too big. But I had like roast potatoes and uh, like all the other stuff, sweet corn. I don't know if people have sweet corn at Christmas dinner, but I always do. And like sprouts, which uh, are always a problem the next day. But no, it was a it was a sensation. But I know you always uh, take the piss out of it, but it's all right because I'm not going to get being a vegetarian now. Done it for more than twenty years, but uh, no, it was it was a great dinner. But I did uh, drink far too much booze, which I'm sure you did as well. Amazingly enough, I did not. I only had two beer and and the rest of the time, uh, I was on Iron Brew or Coke Zero, 
take your accusations and ram them, please, because that was all I had. So, John, you saw me on Saturday, a couple of days before Christmas, uh, 23rd of December, we beat Livingston 2-0. I'm trying to remember what was so memorable about that game. I'm, I'm sure there was something about it. Maybe you can fill everyone in. We scored from a corner. Well, it was more the fact that I had any go or see it, so there was that. <laughs> I had to oh, get well, it off of you. Yes, that's true, you didn't go. Uh, you were being a, a great family man and buying Chris's presents. What, what a hero you are. Actually, I think the only reason you didn't drink was so you could play your uh, your new Nintendo Switch OLED, or whatever it's called, on Saturday uh, and Christmas night, but uh, you can react to those accusations later. No, you didn't go, but you didn't really miss much. I watched it by legal means, of course. And it was a pretty boring game. Unsurprisingly, Livingston offered literally nothing. And I really do hope this is the season they get relegated because they're a joke, basically. They offer nothing. Even when it was 2-0, they had, like, 10 men behind the ball. But no, nothing each at half-time. As usual, we huffed and puffed and missed chances, just like the Dundee game. But we did get the early breakthrough when good play by Palmer. His cross was touched into the net by Kyogo, who was just onside. And then, miracle of miracle, we scored a goal from a corner. Liam Scales flitting on uh, Palmer's cross, but unfortunately that seemed to impact Palmer's corner taken yesterday, which we'll talk about in a minute, because it seemed to want to try and score every time he made a corner. But no, it was a pretty boring game, and you didn't miss much. Yeah, I hope this is the season to go down. I remember last season, I was doing a video with Hamish on 6-7 Hail Hail. We beat them, uh, I think it was 3-0 in a midweek game. I think you might have went to it. And it was about 70 minutes or something, right? I think we were 3-0 up at the time. 70 minutes. They had a midfielder, acres of space uh, in the middle of the park. And he still hoofed it out of the park. And I thought to myself, you're kidding me on. Like, it's the opportunity there just to try a bit of football. And they've never done it. They're never going to do it now. And I agree with you. The style of football, the manager they've got, the state of that pitch. And as you say, John, that game on Saturday, as boring as it was, a lot of it was just down to teams like Livingston, just offering very, very little in a sense, the entertainment. So good riddance to them when it eventually happens, and I think this will be the season that uh, they are away. Yes, we can only hope. But no, it wasn't a very interesting game. I suppose the only interesting team aspect was that uh, Paolo Bernardo was in the middle of the park, and he seems to be now a first name in the team sheet for Brendan, if going by yesterday as well. So And he played not bad, and he did not bad yesterday as well. But yeah, that's probably the most interesting team news about the Livingston game, and we can take that on to yesterday as well because we picked the same team and I predicted it again. You did, John, 100% read. The Bernardo thing, I'm actually pleased for him when you see him in the Champions League. Um, he's quite a tidy player. Like He's not an industrious player or anything, but he certainly seems to, he certainly does a job. As, as the technical term goes, John, and I think he's quite similar to O'Reilly in terms of how he actually runs and carries himself uh, with the ball and Without it, also O'Reilly's such a threat in the opposition box when it comes to scoring goals. Bernardo's not quite got that, but he did get a goal yesterday, yeah, that we'll talk about. Again, it was another assist for Lewis Palmer. That's his, what, ninth, I believe? But it's crazy, because Palmer's such a frustrating player, like, as you said yesterday, trying to score for corners. And, I mean, that boy Kerr, he had to beat him time after time. That Dundee boy wanted off after 10 minutes. It was terrible. Every time Palmer had it, that boy Kerr was just giving him like acres of space and he just kept going with the wrong decisions in that first half. That miss with the header, I don't know if it would have been offside or not. But you're looking for better decision making for your winger. And I, it's not fair because of course he's not a Jota replacement. But you just can't help but compare him to Jota. Like in those moments if Jota was up against Dundee yesterday, that game's out of sight in the first half, Jota's probably burying that one that comes into him at the back post for a start, but every time he got in threatening positions, Jota always knew the best player to pick out, and Palmer was just doing the wrong thing time after time, and his defence, I will say, 
like never hides and he's constantly looking for a ball and as a threat but yeah his decision making is murder but you flip that round John and you're like as much as we're saying that that's like nine assists already this season it's not even 2024 it's some going and it was a great ball through for Bernardo with what was probably the scrappiest goal um, to get the opener there yesterday. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what to make of a Palmer because obviously, as you say, his, his stats are very good, but we can't like, kid on. He's definitely a level below Jota. Okay, that header yesterday, his blushes were spared because it was offside, but that was a really poor effort. And his crosses and his corners, for the most part, were terrible. We had like 20 corners, I think, yesterday. They were even talking about it on TV, the amount of corners we had, because it was non-stop. And... Most of them were poor. I mean, we had that header for Liam Scales, but I think that was for a free kick. I don't even think that was for a corner. And, like, they nearly all were a waste. But, I mean, he's obviously a big player for us, and he's obviously in better form than Dyson, who I don't think is fit at all. And, I mean, if it wasn't Rangers and Saturday, I don't think he'd be anywhere near the team. But, so he's obviously going to play at the weekend. But I just can't work out how good a player he is. He's obviously our best signer in the summer by an absolute mile. Maybe Bernardo's new turning in the second base, but I don't know. I, 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 of course, this will be his first... We'll talk more, obviously, about the game against Rangers in a bit, but this will obviously be his first derby because he didn't feature in the win at Ibrox. So it will be interesting to see how he gets on, but I just kind of work out how good a player he is because he's so glaringly inconsistent. But he's got three assists in his last two games, so can't take that away from him. The worst miss of the game in the first half especially was Kyogo, man. Through and goal... Acres of space, that idiot Trevor Carson, we're going to him a wee bit later as well. Gave him the whole goal to aim at, and he still put it by the post, and Akiogo last season's putting that by, but I was, I was gobsmacked that he missed that. He did everything right up until the finish, but it's just yet again, with Kyogo, you're, you're getting to the point where you're thinking what's going wrong with him, because you can't say anything there about he wasn't getting service. You can't say anything about how he wasn't getting fed um, with an early through ball, because because his teammates did everything right to put him through. He did well beating the offside trap too. And in all honesty, it was just appalling defending from Dundee. It, it should have been 1-0 and the game should have been sewn up um, far quicker than what it was. But aye, you've got to hope that he's got his bad miss for the week out of the way. Um, especially if he gets another chance like that against Rangers on Saturday. And to be honest, they're going to be few and far between, so he really has to make them count. I think the biggest problem is that he doesn't get anywhere near the same amount of chances as he did when he was playing for Seattle under Ange. I mean... He had at least two or three good chances a game when Andrew was a manager because we played in a way that complimented him and now we don't. And now maybe he's only getting one good chance a game and there's no guarantee he always scored it because, I mean, he did miss a lot of chances when Andrew was a manager, but he gets so many more he was able to score them. Now it's no like that. So, I mean, obviously it was a bad miss. I mean, Trevor Carson, who was abominable, he did give him practically the whole goal aim. It was some of the strangest goalkeeping I've seen for years. And he somehow missed it. But, I mean, I will blame him for that miss because it was a bad one. But I still blame Brendan, really, for taking away the best part of his game. I mean, we don't even... Like, don't forget all the goals he scored last season where we did cutbacks in the box. And we don't do that anymore. So he's having to feed off scraps. And it was a brilliant pass for O'Reilly. But that was his only real moment in the game. And he did miss, as I said, a lot of chances in his first two seasons, but then he was getting more chances because the team played for Kyogo. Now we don't. So, I mean, I don't know how much an impact he'll have at the weekend. There's a real good chance I think he'll be a peripheral figure, which will be a problem, but we'll need to get other players to step up if that's the case. But no, obviously I blame him for a terrible miss, but I don't really blame him for this season overall 
Because we're not playing anywhere near these strengths. And I know Brendan has done this against Rangers before, but surely he doesn't, on Saturday, John, play Mikey Johnston up front just because of his impact yesterday. He's done it at Ibrox before. I think twice, maybe. Surely not again. I would imagine not. I mean, Mikey Johnston did do well yesterday, and good for him, because he is a big Celtic fan, and it is unfortunately he saw his career at Celtic has sort of fell down the toilet. I mean, that idea Trevor Carson did make a mess with his first goal. Actually, I thought his second goal was a good goal, but no. I think he probably will feature at some stage, because, I mean, we've got so many injury problems, but no, he won't, he won't start, and he won't start up front. But who knows, you might imagine if he scored the winning goal and Saturday, that'd just be an unbelievable redemption story to misquote Bob Marley. Yeah, I was just waiting on it as well. Like, I hate all that Mikey Johnson redemption season and all that crap that they all spout on social media and stuff. Like, you just saw the comments after they scored, please, for him. But let's get real. It was Trevor Carson that was the main man there for us after that. Johnston did well, um, cutting inside, getting his shot on target at least, but Carson was absolutely pitiful for that goal. Actually, I have to say as well, the one that made it 3-0, and John, you can back me up on this, because I had to ask you, I didn't see it. I went to go and get a juice, and I shut the laptop down anyway, because I just assumed that was it, done. And then it turns out it was 3-0, so I did watch the goal back, and it was a cracking finish. So well done to Mikey Johnston there, but... I hate all that, I hate all that fickleness, you know what I mean? A couple of weeks ago against Hearts, all the chat was, Mikey Johnston can't ever play for Celtic again, never start him, if he's brought on as a sub, we've got to ask questions, blah, blah, blah. I think I was quite critical of him as well, it was one of the worst halves of football I've seen from a Celtic player, and then two goals, one heavily assisted from an idiot in goal against a shocking Dundee team, doesn't just make up for the abysmal performance against Hearts and other ones we've seen when we really needed uh, better for Mikey Johnston. So I, I'm, I'm not going to jump into that fickle thing that some fans do. And just because there's been a bit of positivity all of a sudden, um, it's all back to being sugar again after being shite for weeks, you know what I mean? I'm not going to do that. We never do that on here anyway. It's fairly balanced, I'd say. But yeah, Mikey Johnston's for me, despite that last night, uh, has got an awful lot of making up to do before he's anywhere near a starter for Celtic, I'm afraid, John. Um, and if you disagree, then now's the time to say so before I move on to Slag Dundee. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. 
No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. No, I don't disagree. It was quite funny, your sugar and shite analogy, by the way. No, I don't disagree, but I know you want to have a rant about Dundee because you were going on about it yesterday, so the floor is yours. I'll make it quick because I know that people want to just hear us talk about Celtic and no other teams, but that for Dundee yesterday was just appalling. It was just like a training game and thought to myself... Um, at times in the first half, even at 0-0, like, it was only a matter of time. I, I didn't say to you at any point I was worried about Dundee scoring or dropping points because I felt we were creating enough chances. Uh, we just weren't clinical enough, but I did, just didn't see anything to, for Dundee. Like, a team at home to trouble is whatsoever. I didn't feel concerned. And, you know, had that been up against like maybe like an Aberdeen, Hibs, Hearts or something yesterday, that's obviously a lot trickier. But I thought that for Dundee last night was utterly, utterly shameful. Um, they were a joke and as much as Celtic played well created many chances and pinned them back as much as possible I really thought the level of football that Dundee um, set out to play was just an absolute shambles to be honest John It was uh, rubbish and I expected better for them because I don't think Celtic are really playing that well they know but they offered nothing basically and no it was a poor performance for him it was a decent performance buzz but we just had to get the three points I mean a friend of ours didn't think we'd get the three points yesterday, and a happy birthday to him. But we did get the three points, so I think that's enough for the Dundee game. And on to our next game, which is the small matter of a Glasgow derby. Yep, Celtic versus Rangers on Saturday, December the 30th. So we're currently five points clear. We could go eight clear, although Rangers do have two games in hand. They were supposed to be playing Ross County tonight. The great Scottish weather doing Ross County in. Uh, and it's going to be a bit of a hassle for them getting down to A9 to get to Glasgow. So uh, is that a positive for us, do you reckon? Well, in one way it is because if Rangers had played tonight and won, and if they, God forbid, beat us on Saturday, they'd have went ahead of us in the table. And I think even just for optics' sake, that would look bad, them being top of the league. Even though I know we've obviously got another game on Tuesday, it would still look bad for us if we lost the the game, which obviously I don't think we will, and hope we don't, and they went top of the league. I think that would look bad for us. So, I mean, obviously the fact that whatever happens, we'll still stay top of the league, even though, I mean, we expect Rangers to win their two games in hand, if we're being honest. No, I think that is a bonus. I mean, obviously it's a bonus for them that if they've got injured players, and I mean, I think they were kidding on it, players were injured, like uh, Goldson, Lundstrom, I mean, that gives them more time to get fit. More time to practice diving and handballs as well. Am I right, lads? Boom, boom. But, uh, no, I, I think if, in one way it's a positive and one way it's a negative. But I suppose the main positive is that we stay top of the league no matter the result on Saturday, even though, yes, I know they've got games in hand. So I was going to ask um, how we actually hurt Rangers under Philip Clermont because since he's came in, they've practically won every game in the league um, other than the match at Pataudry the day after we drew the Motherwell. Uh, Celtic Park when we gave away that stupid goal in injury time even in Europe as well they're unbeaten so I John I think we both know that it ain't going to be easy in terms of analysing Rangers and how they play and everything as well I think the set pieces are their main weapon it's our biggest weakness as well remember the state we were getting into before the game at Ibrooks uh, back in September we were dreading all their set pieces that we're going to be getting. It turns out we, have, we limited them just to like one or two all game. And in the end, they did absolutely nothing against us. But yes, I understand their manager was an absolute balloon at the time. I know that now they've got a proper manager in place. But how do you see it going there as well, John, in terms of uh, the set piece battles? Well, we need to make sure we don't make any mistakes for set pieces. I mean, we managed to avoid that before the game at Ibrooks. But, well, I mean, as you say, we were in a panic about that. I did memorably predict that we'd lose, I think, 4 or 5-1, and we 
had that sensational 1-0 win, which genuinely nobody expected. I don't care what MD says. Nobody expected it. We did manage to deal with the set piece as well. So if CCV's out, we'll need to deal with that again. Two of the big things we need to do is make sure we don't give them a chance to win a penalty and don't give them a chance to have real chances at set pieces because they're really good at set pieces, unfortunately. Like, giving their places a chance to get balls into the penalty box would be terrible for us. So we need to make sure we're, we're sharp and turned on about that. Don't give away any stupid fouls. Make sure we cut off their free kicks. And, of course, we need to win the midfield battle. And we'll need to, like, keep Seema quiet. I think he's been one of our best players this season. I know we don't usually praise Rangers players on here because, well, we don't. But I think he's a good player. And we'll need to make sure we don't do anything daft. I mean, I, I said that before the last game. I said, we'll have a chance if we don't do anything daft. And, I mean, I think even the crowd will have a role to play. I know sometimes it's a bit sort of over-egged, like, oh, the crowd will make a difference. But they did make a difference in that memorable game in February 2022, which you attended and I watched in the house. I mean, I, I doubt the atmosphere will be like that because for a start, it's a half 12 kickoff. But I mean, I think having the Green Brigade back will help in that aspect. We should make the atmosphere as intimidating as possible because don't forget, a lot of those Rangers players have bottled it at Celtic Park before they have. I mean, okay, we can say it's a new Rangers, but I mean, a Rangers fan I know who I won't name. I said to him, I'm worried we'll win the league. And he keeps saying, no, we'll not win the league because our players have to go around them. So, this is a, like, a chance for us to really put them under pressure. I mean, obviously they've done well since Clement came in, this, and we've really played poorly. I mean, there's no getting away from the fact that we have allowed Rangers back in the title race due to our faults, and I mean, they have been consistent as well, so good for them for that. But you would still expect Rangers to win most of their games. I mean, you would still expect us to win most of their games. That's why the results against Kelly and Hearts were so short. But what we really need to do is just don't do anything daft, and just try and get in their faces for the first minute because they've shown before, no matter who the manager is, if it's Gerard, if it's Beal, if it's Van Brockers, they can't cope with it. Palma is my big concern for the game in the, the 30th because Greg Taylor is, is already a weakness for us there, right? And obviously Tavernier is going to be up against him. Don't know who they'll, who they'll have on the right. But it's more, you know, when Dizemaida plays out in the left, he's outstanding at nullifying Tavernier for them. And he's so important. When he backs up uh, Greg Taylor, he's done it time after time against them. But if you've got Palmer out in the left, I don't think he's going to be tracking back as much. I don't think he's going to be, you know, applying himself fully to stop any of the crosses coming in. And that's what worries me. So if he is going to be playing Palmer, I understand Palmer how uh, much of a threat he is when he's going forward and cutting inside. But for this game, I just love to see Dyson back in the left, and I actually agree with you what you said earlier too. I don't think Dyson's properly hundred percent fit either, but you know he's going to get the nod for the game at the weekend. So if it is going to be Dyson starting, I'd rather they started in the left to back up Greg Taylor just as much as possible, and to stop that right back of theirs bombing up the pitch and getting cross after cross in. Because if that does happen, knowing how bad their defence has been at times this season and dealing with crosses. I'd have my heart in my mouth and I honestly seem to repeat myself every time you play against Rangers but if you stop him and as I say if you stop Barisic and you just limit them to set pieces in their own half or in areas that can't hurt you you probably will get joy but as I say I just don't know how this one's going to go it's hard because I remember last season uh, they had a similar run when they were playing us in the game at Ibrooks. I think they did something like they'd won five in the bounce and so did we under Beal, although they were far from convincing. And I remember getting into that game as well. We were all uh, shocked and stunned with the second half sort of collapse that we had, especially with Greg Taylor, can you believe it or not, getting off, John, and it just sort of destabilised as Juranovic came on. 
put in one of the worst performances I've ever seen. I remember ranting about that with Hamish at the time. So hopefully we get nothing like that again. I actually agree with you as well uh, on the fans' side of things because, yeah, the fans do have a role to play. Unfortunately, that game in the February 2022 was a total anomaly, you know. We had already had the COVID season. We had games against Rangers behind closed doors. The match was meant to be against them. I think it was December 2021. That get scrapped because they brought the winter break forward. Thank you, Scottish Government. Great people. And then, of course, the fact it was uh, all Celtic fans in there that night. It was a midweek game, first against them in years. I think everything just aligned to make that atmosphere so special. Fast forward it to the game against them when we won 3-2. The one when uh, Kyogo scored two last season. And then Jota scored as well. I mean, the atmosphere for that was terrible. I know we won it, but it was just diabolical. Really bad. One of the worst in games against Rangers. So I think the fans will definitely be up for this one. There's been a lot of loud voices coming through Ibrooks for this one. And I think Celtic have been um, pretty down low about it. So I do agree with you on the fan shout there. And I hope it is a special atmosphere. I really do. Um, quite one though, John. Because I think you're going to have to praise me here when it comes to the subject of real Hitati. What have I been saying for weeks? And I have been saying it on here. But I've been saying it to you in the pub. Saying it to you in text. About Brendan's uh, curveball winner. Yes, for weeks you have said to me that Rio Hattati would feature in the derby and I poo-pooed it and said it was too much of a gamble. But it seems like you are right because Brendan did say that he could feature in the game at some stage. Probably not starting, but off the bench. So Stevie, congratulations. John, thank you. Yeah, it's just a feeling I had because pretty much um, every long-term injury that we've had this season, the players have come back way sooner than expected. Not like Brendan eh? Talk nonsense, not at all. But I think he's just got to be really careful with it for how little football he's played and how long he's been out for. That Especially as well when you look at CCV, John, and how he get rushed back in the summer and then he's had a breakdown and then after that as well. It would have been wise to play Hitati in such a how-duck-egg fixture. But who knows? Um, Brendan might end up doing something desperate and throwing him on. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. But yeah, I definitely felt that Brendan would be changing his tune for saying he would not be featuring before the break, which I think he did a couple of weeks ago, to now saying that he's in contention, so I shocked and stunned at that one. Uh, and the last part for this, John, is for these New Year's fixtures in recent times, sad to say Rangers have had the best of them. I think their last win was the I think Covid season one, I think it was that OG for Callum McGregor. Of course, the 2022 one, get postponed to February. The one last year was a draw. Kyogo scoring in the last minute. Um, before that, you had the one they won at Celtic Park when Katic scored the winner. Before that, Ryan Jack won nil at Ibrox. And in the season before that, one of the worst games ever, which I sincerely hope Saturday is not anything like the 0 0 draw at Celtic Park when Morelos missed two total sitters. Although Craig Gordon and his defence kept us in the game. So, our last win, John, against Rangers in this fixture was in 2016. You watched it at my house when we did Gig Pod the first time. Do you remember who scored? It was um, Dembele and Sinclair. Aye, correct. Well done. And then we did a Gig Pod after it. And then I think after that, we had a three-week break. So aye, I don't think we're going to be doing any shoot predictions for this one, John. But we are going to be doing a review immediately after the game. I don't know if you're going to be going to the pub, but I'm not because I'm going to wait New Year. So we're going to sacrifice the bevy. Directly after the game on Saturday, we're going to do a pod, a reaction one. And then after that, you'll probably go to the pub and I'll have to get ready to go away. Lucky me. Yes, that is the plan. That If we win, which here's something we will, I will go to the pub after the game. But we're going to 
do a podcast first. That's how much we value and love our listeners. You're so lucky you get a pod directly after the game. And who knows, hopefully we'll be talking about yet another Celtic triumph. I'll talk to you on Saturday. Thanks everybody for listening. So I believe you've got to tell people when we'll be back after Saturday before we go on a well-deserved break. Yes, so we will be back, as we said, on Saturday after the game. Then we'll be back after the St Mirren game on Tuesday, the 2nd of January, I think it is. And then we're taking a break for a few weeks. Well, no doubt Stevie will, will put up some old like clip episodes of interviews we've done in the past before or something. I'll let him organise that because he is the king of Gigpod. I'm just a mere prince of Gigpod. But yes, you know where to get us by now. You can get us in all the podcast places, Apple Pod, Spotify. Keep liking and subscribing. Our numbers have went through the roof this year. So uh, keep that up. You can catch Stevie on Instagram at Gigpod. And I'll have my Rizzo Selects team up on Saturday morning. Don't forget, though, that's the team, not that I want to play. It's the team that I think Brendan will pick. There's been a lot of questions about that, weirdly, on Instagram. But it's the team that I think Brendan will pick. It's not the team I want us to play. So that's what you have to bear in mind when people are like, why has Rizzo picked him? That's who I think will start the game, not who I want to start the game. Maybe we'll change that eventually, but for now we're sticking with that. Right, so catch us in all the usual podcast places, leave us great reviews, etc, etc. We'll be back after the game on Saturday, right after the game we're doing our pod. What, what a service we provide. And you don't even pay for it. Lucky listeners. Right, we'll speak to you all soon. Good luck to Celtic at the weekend. Get the one. Hail, hail. Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.